0: Empire of the Sun. Suns.
1: Empire of the Suns.
0: Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast.
1: Empire of the Suns.
0: Hello there and welcome to the Arizona Sports. Whoa. What just happened? Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kel Nolson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman, who definitely has a better working brain than I do right now. What was that? I'm not sure about that. I think that. that was my on, like, stand-up video brain that just went off? Yeah, that might be it. Hello there, Eric. Something Sports. misfired oh, in there. <laughs> something went on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're still rolling. Did anyone that, yeah. get sued in the 30 seconds that I said that, or is everything good over there, pal? I mean, likely. Kevin trying his best to be the lead editor of ArizonaSports.com, uh, take care of his newborn child, and all of this stuff going on. Meanwhile, the Arizona Cardinals have lawsuits. The Arizona Coyotes have lawsuits. That is all within the last two days. My Dude. child is
1: a year old now, but it might as well he might well, as well when, be newborn. When can I stop saying newborn? I, I is it like a few weeks out? I'm always oh, sure. that. I don't, brother. You He's got a on me. I don't know it's still new relative to me. So, but yeah, um, if we want to make a power rankings of pro sports owners in the Valley, good job, Matt Ishbia. You haven't done anything crazy in how long it's been two months.
0: (laughs) Absolutely destroying it in a good way. I mean, yeah. Speaking of destroying it, the Phoenix Suns, they've won (laughs) six games in a row. They beat, these are three games where we're hardly going to talk about them, honestly. They played the Denver Nuggets, who were sitting four of their five starters. Sorry, they were uh, they had four starters out due to injuries that were quote unquote injuries. Serious? Uh, I'm I'm mildly joking here. I, I do believe that there's. That there were injuries there, that they had things that were bothering them, and maintenance stuff. You know what's great is having the one seed wrapped up pretty much already, so you can just choose to do that if you want to, and then that's what they chose to do. Then they go on the they, so they went up by twenty seven in that game in the in the mid second quarter against Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, and and the boys, and then Denver got to back to within four in the fourth quarter, and it got not hairy, but it was like okay, if you guys do this for like three more possessions, it'll be a tie game now. Uh, But they got that done. Oklahoma City, they looked pretty great for most of that game. I think they were up 14 in in the late third quarter. And then quickly, OKC had it down to, I believe, four again in the early fourth quarter before they ran double drag over and over again. And it was curtains. The Spurs come in who... Kevin, I don't know if you knew this heading into the season. They were supposed to be pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, They were missing their two leading scores, a couple of other key players as well. The Suns were 19-point favorites in this game. If you're not a uh, degenerate gambler like the majority of the population, it feels like now.
1: People we work with. Not us, though. Just everyone I know,
0: it seems. We're responsible men here. My friends are degenerate (laughs) gamblers. Shout out Sense Sports, if you remember that in high school. Uh, We were on Sense Sports. A lot of of, of weird stuff (laughs) going on there before I started covering things and stopped gambling. But man, uh, they were 19 point favorites. That's a lot.
1: That's a lot. And how many how many players could you name? If you know one, say that name. Which one? You got it. Who are you? Big boy out of Seton
0: Hall. Remember? Oh, oh, say the name. You Mamu got it. You
1: got it. Mamu Sandro
0: Mamukelishvili. I almost got it. I looked
1: at it a few long-time times. Long time listeners, not
0: even long time listeners, listeners within the past year when we were convinced that the Suns were going to do something in the draft, uh, they ultimately did not. Uh, I did my dri- d- yeah. deep dive Beautiful. on the draft because I had three more weeks of uh, basketball stuff saved up in my head for a finals run and then used it on the draft instead. Uh, Sandro Mamukelishvili and the lads. They're so good at that. We're down 31 in the first half, cut it down to nine in the third quarter. And it's the same things in these three games where it's just completely mentally disconnecting. It is bad turnovers, missing defensive assignments. And this is where I start saying this and you're thinking that this is a criticism. What I wrote in the recap last night is this is one of those things where you can decide how much you care about this happening lately. Now, it is the... Additional context I didn't get to in there is that this is coming off of that run where they lost six of seven and all it was was these little runs in the second half and that was it. So this has become a theme now for about 15, 20 games here where giving up runs in the second half to either lose control of a game or just be out of the game entirely are happening. But how much do you care, Kevin? Because the other example I gave is remember when the Suns were in the bottom third of defensive rating for the last like 30 games of the finals run year? and people were kind of worried and we kind of talked about it
1: but then they just locked in and made the finals uh i'm not super worried about it i'm worried about the the instances where it's kind of the bench i guess more so and and that's hard right because they're tinkering it hasn't been consistent um, but it has been the starters too like they've had they've had some leads blown that were on some of those guys and just Again, the focus issue. Um, I'm I'm trying to think, like, I don't have a good historical, like, oh, we saw this trend other than what you just brought up of they just got rid of it in the playoffs. Um, it's human nature. You see the Nuggets have basically had a... F- I don't know if it's been a full month, but I feel like it was a month ago where Michael Malone was just like, we're just... He He did the Michael Malone, I'm calling all my dudes out in the media on purpose thing. Um... And they've kind of fixed it, but also, like, you get why they would, right? It's it's tough to win a bunch of games, and then you have that buffer. And for the Suns, like, I think it's a different reason, and the reason I think it's if you have Kevin Durant on your team and you can go up 20 with, i call it relative ease, and you're getting in transition and just you look like you've battered this young Spurs team down where they're, like, it's even effort things for a young team that shouldn't have that kind of problem. Um, Then you're going to have slip ups when pop gets on them and then they respond. So I I think it's a lot of little things. I'm not super concerned about it, but to me again, it's like to your point, it happened over a losing stretch. It happened over a winning stretch. Is it going to happen over important stretches when like, like, It's more of personnel issues, I think, because I think that's what's going to pop up more in the playoffs. And if you're doing it when there are personnel issues existing, matchup issues is what I'm getting at, then you're in big trouble.
0: You brought up Craig Popovich. Can I tell you what happened last night? Mm -hmm. I messaged you and was like, I'm going to ask Craig Popovich about. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm writing a story. It'll be live Friday. So probably be, it's shaping up to be one of my favorite things I've written this year. I don't know yet. It's in the development stages still. Unfortunately, didn't get the amount of quotes that I wanted to. I only got to ask Durant about it. And luckily, he's got the kind of superstar brain where he's been around so much media for so long that his brain doesn't go to me. And I don't care about Friday. Like we play today and then we play on Like he was able to talk to me about playing against LeBron James on Friday, potentially We'll see. We'll the see. Suns play a back-to-back, and they already have the four seed clinched. We probably should have mentioned that earlier. The, they uh, haven't played each other since 2018. I, it's a stretch of, I think, uh, like 11 games, 13 games. I can't remember the exact number, but they haven't played each other for a while. Uh, so I was going to ask Greg Popovich about Durant and Team USA, not LeBron, because he did not coach LeBron, and I knew that because I looked it up, before asking him these questions because i was nervous because it's greg popovich yeah. and what happened i asked one question he did his thing where he says something for says something quick and then looks away from you as if to like dismiss you but then you stand your ground say more things and then you get a really great answer and then i ask a follow-up and then I ask about lebron What i sh- didn't mean to ask about lebron and then he's like i didn't coach lebron and team say, and then i Awkwardly said, "You're you're correct, it. I'm sorry." <laughs> and then I followed up again and got another really good answer. Uh, so yeah, that was the follow up there because I messaged you. I told you I'm going to ask Pop a question. We'll see how <laughs> this goes because if you're if you don't know for some reason, uh, that can go a lot of different ways. But most of the time, he gives very insightful, great answers. It's just you got to be ready for the the, the retort, uh, the prickly edges, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Dude, I I. I don't care. I gotta be honest, I don't care about the the second half stuff as much. Now that they're winning the games, I I don't think that it really matters nearly as much. Do they know how to win together? I think is a thing. Yeah. All of these guys have won so much individually that I think collectively it's less of the work now, and especially because the base of the team that has been here winning collectively together is still here. Like McKell and Cam are gone. But it's still Monty, Chris, Book, DA. They all know how to win together. Kevin comes in. Um, Okogi comes in. Uh, someone mentioned Landry mentioned something today, and I hadn't thought of this. Like, yeah, this will be Okoge's first playoff go. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be something to watch for sure. Uh, but uh, in terms of developments on the court, I think Chris Paul's continued to look pretty good. We sort of have hit on that a lot yeah. recently and don't really need to speak too much more on it. He finally got that 20-point uh, game, I think it was 22 last night, 18 in the first half. Got a lot of catch-and-shoot threes. Even Al McCoy is getting on him to shoot more, <laughs> I learned yesterday. Um, do you think that sitting campaign for Landry is a good idea? I don't Ooh. know how I feel about this. Background context, 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah campaign has been coming in first or second guy off the bench since Kevin Durant returned because we can't even talk about the rotations while Kevin Durant was out because once Kevin Durant comes in it's completely different yeah Cam has been the first guy off with Torrey and then it has been TJ Warren and then the ninth and tenth guys in have been the the backup center Biombo. it's pretty much been Biombo now Uh, and then Terrence Ross has been the last guard so none of those names were Landry Schammett Landry Shamit was the first guy to check in yesterday. And campaign did not play in the game at all. He was coming off of a nine-minute game against OKC where I think he was 204 with three assists. But then he also had five fouls in nine minutes. It was one of those types of campaign games. And then with a week to go in the regular season, Monty utilizes his look where it was obvious what happened. Like as soon as they were starting to play, it was like, oh, this is a point book lineup now. And that's where you start to think about our conversations, Kevin. We had two months ago and we're like... There's a lot of ball handling on this team now. You might not need campaign as much as you thought you did, and then Uh, this happens. What do you think?
1: I, we'll see if it's a one game thing. I think it could be a one game. You get to run point a little bit just to get you in the groove, get your mind in that slotted in that way. I don't like again. Last postseason, he went to it. What a few games into the playoffs and it looked pretty good. It was fine. There are reasons where you have Book on the ball more, KD maybe on the ball more, obviously Chris Paul, that you don't need a backup point guard, but I'm still like, I feel like this is my, they need more ball handlers thing. For the last three years, they need downhill. So you still
0: feel that way? So in in a way where... This is kind of like the question. Uh, and, and is why. he
1: that much better of a defender than campaign?
0: Yes, he's and he's bigger. He's bigger. Size was the thing that he mentioned on defense and switchability on defense is what he mentioned as well. I think yeah. Landry's a if we're talking about on like the spectrum of. Average below average bad. Yeah. And then we go up to above average. Good. Fantastic. Yeah. Like up and up. I think he's somewhere between above average and good. Like I, yeah. I think that he's been he's an above average
1: defender in the league at the very Here, least. I think he's good. Here's the thing I said when campaign I think last podcast, two podcasts ago. Cam's not bad either, to be clear. Yeah. But
0: below average. So if this
1: was a thing where it's campaign is good in a different way where it's like he's pesky. He might not be physical and all that stuff. He might not bother you even with his length, but he's going to at least disrupt the guy bringing yes. the ball to court. So I think from that perspective, he's important. And if this was a move or one game where he's like, oh, I almost said a bad word. I, lost, I might lose my spot in the playoff rotation, and that makes him play with that kind of intensity, and makes him play with better pace, or whatever Monty wants to get out of him more, I think that could have been what that was the, last night, so I, I don't like it I think campaign just has something that no one else has with the downhill stuff, even though if it's still yeah. like uh, I don't know if he's going to make he doesn't shoot great down when he gets into the floater range, he doesn't Maybe he's going to turn it over and be erratic, but I still think there's value to that. That wasn't a very good answer. Sorry, but interesting moment. Yeah. Since next week, we're going to be
0: previewing the first round matchup so much and hardly talking about the Suns themselves, more how they match up with the other team they're going to be playing. Let's flesh out the playoff rotation if we were Monty right now. Oh, let's do it. Okay. So not matchup based. So That's the five, again, we're, we're keeping in mind that Durant's going to play 40 to 42 minutes. Booker is going to play 40 to 42 minutes. Chris is going to... I think the... Monty actually kindly used like, the actual numbers that he was looking at getting guys to. Like He mentioned, getting Chris more towards 36 instead of 32 for this part of the season. Because... It's the opposite. You think it's the end of the regular season and like wear down and you don't want guys to get worn out for the playoffs. But Maudie thinks of it and a lot of people, honestly, you should think about it the other way, which is rhythm conditioning,
1: gearing it up. And lots of these guys have not had the minutes toll on them. So, yeah. And
0: DeAndre, it'll be somewhere between 30 to 40. It's hard as 45, honestly, like there'll be some there might be a series where he plays like 44. I think he had
1: one of those games where you played like 43 or 44. If you you want to think about it for baseball fans, like as spring training goes, like the starting pitchers ramp up, like they start one inning, then you go to three that you have pitch counts. And I think they're kind of viewing these weeks as that. I I think um, just getting them in shape because again, like, Chris looks like he's in probably best shape he's been in all year, and I think that's very calculated.
0: Yeah. yeah, Brandon Clean tweeted. It turns out that like the slow playing is how he phrased it, but however you want to phrase it, the way that they were handling his minutes and his usage on the ball early in the season, middle of the season, it it has paid off at least uh, visually right now. It seems like it has. Okay, the rotation. Yeah, we have to. So that's the asterisk. The. Uh, the go ahead, we have to make sure that people are cognizant of that. So when we're saying playing this guy, you got to think about this guy is probably going to play a maximum of 20 minutes, yeah. maximum. And it's very likely that they're going to play somewhere between 8 to 14, probably.
1: Tori Craig is the first wing off the bench, right? It does not matter who you play, but he and Akogi just fit in. And, and Tori's now playing the best stretch of basketball as a son interesting turns right. out when he gets to play like the role that he was supposed to which is off the bench and yeah like, he had to start for
0: most of the year and he I mean, like, happens to be shooting really well and quality wing off the bench but if you ask him to be a starter that's asking more out of him and money broke down how his role kind of changed backup center let's go there next oh landale hive strong on twitter uh, a lot of people want to see landale in there i understand why I think Biz's defense is needed, and Landale is not. That's the that the pain shaman thing again. I don't think there's this tremendous jump between Biz on defense and Landale on defense. I think you run into the same problems with either of them. Yeah, Biz obviously is a shop blocker. I think that that matters, and. I'm going to be the opposite of what everyone normally is, which is, yeah, blocks do matter. Like, if you have a guy that blocks shots and one who protects the rim well rate. who blocks the shots and one who protects the rim well who doesn't block shots, I think that it it matters that they block shots. Now, Landale, the offensive process is going to be a lot more fluid with him. You're going to be finding him in those deep seals, six-foot hook shots where Biz is, and that's where you never know if it's going to go in or not. Biz's knockdown rate on those hook shots is not that great. Landale's is pretty good. Then he gets to be free throw shooting, which if you haven't looked at that this year, I think he's at 30% this year. Something really, really rough. But I think defensively, you get a lot out of him. Just the intangibles, the way he uses his hands, the way that he communicates, the way that he has experience there. I like the fact that he has continuity with Terrence Ross. Those guys played like four or five years together. Yeah. I wrote about that on ArizonaSports.com a couple months ago. If you never saw it, check it out. That was one of my favorites from the year. I, I go Biombo. 1.4 blocks in fourteen point four minutes a game. That's a lot. So that's like that's like three and a half per 36? <laughs> Man. Some math like that. Do you know yeah. Landale, Biz? What do you do? Depends on matchup, of course, but I, we're just saying on neutral ground
1: right now. I think Landale's offensive pluses aren't exactly worth it. Like not enough. I think he's more flawed than people will say. And, like, as much as Biz, like, is confused and, like, just panics and decision-making and all that stuff, like, there is something to be said for, oh, he can reach your shot if you're within, like, five feet anywhere in the paint. Like, that's... If Dario and Frank are a... And rim-rolling, like, he's actually, like, he's a better rim-roller. Yeah. More gravity. To
0: your point, if Dario and Frank are an 8 out of 10 on the connector scale... Jock is a six,
1: uh, five, five, six, yeah. And then Biz is like a four or a three, basically, and then you just have to... I mean, the big problem with Landale is he never got his three-point shot in gear, and that yeah. kind of changes the whole, like, shaping of that of defense it's, when it's you're playing It's tough to connector. get your
0: three-point shot in gear when you're in and out of the lineup all the time, too, yeah. so it's a, that's a tough thing for him, but... no, Okay, that's seven. Who's next? Go ahead. I I don't know. I know what my answer is, but I think it's there's
1: six names still he could pick. I th- I think Terrence, as much as Terrence Ross was frustrating early, I think just guy everyone's going to worry the crap about it. Like it it doesn't even matter if he's missing for a few minutes a game, but if he goes on a heater, then phew, suddenly your your game's blown open, and that's an easy one for Book TD to, to go back to our
0: spectrum below-average, bad, horrible on defensive scale. It was it was horrible for the first two weeks. <laughs> it's, like, it's, we can't hey, look. beat around the bush. A guy learning how to switch in the NBA. Not not how, but just going from a team that pretty much never switched. Monty, I'd said this a couple episodes ago, but I'll bring it up again. Monty, they were watching the tape of Orlando ahead of playing Orlando. They're like, yeah, they do not switch. Look at that. Like, they, not- they just... It was just one of those things where they saw, and they're like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense as to why he's like struggling with switching. He didn't say it in that kind of way, but he was kind of.
1: Also, all uh, more the or less terrible alluding. foul calls that just m- magically happened against that man just stopped happening when, hmm, the entire team decided maybe we should be the ones drawing fouls weird how that happens it's, it's, it's it
0: kind of does happen like that sometimes it kind of do be like that I think that he has gone from uh, the horrible on the spectrum to somewhere below below average and bad I'm not here to say that he's been solid on defense now but I think that he's been I watch and I'm not just like you gotta he gotta take cannot, him out, he cannot be on take the him out. <laughs> that's I said that a couple of times in the yeah. first two three weeks it's been good and guess what if you play him for I've always had this philosophy. If you play these types of guys in a, seven, in, a in a playoff series, they're going to have one game where they swing it. Now, is it going to be the Utah version, which was in that Utah game? I think that he scored, I want to say seven points in like two minutes and it was just like a little one or it was like Sacramento where he yeah. scored 30 in the game and scored 20 whatever in nine minutes. Some version of that, you're going to get that from them. You're just going to, especially on this team where they are going to be leaving him open. You just have no other choice when he's out there and who he's out there with. I agree. So that's eight right now.
1: Gotta go guard next, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. Campaign. Yeah. And that's like, if Shamit was like Terrence Ross, where you don't have to worry about him getting up shots and at least scaring defenses, then I'd feel better decisiveness, decisiveness. If
0: Terrence Terrence is like a 10 out of 10 on decisiveness, then I don't even want to score Lander, unfortunately. And again, it sucks because he's a good defender, good shooter. He doesn't need to be on the ball as much more, which is fine. But I found in these minutes that he's been getting, he's still finding himself in situations where he has to be decisive and aggressive with the ball. And it's just
1: not there. As far as rotations go, okay. I'm trying to think how they do it. They've been So that's nine. And who who's your point who's
0: your point five? So he said nine point five. Probably Landry. Who else am I forgetting? You got Damien Lee. Uh yeah. You got Ish. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Buckets. Oh god.
1: I'm gonna look something up. I'm trying to think. I'm sorry, this is dead air. Is this bad podcast sound? No, we're thinking. It's it's we're we're showing how much we care about the process. What
0: we'll, what would you guess there issues, are lots it's just three point percentages this year? What would you guess? 35. 34. Okay. How many attempts do you think? Like per just game? total. Like oh, how many has he taken this year? In no fifty seven games, how many threes has he got up? Sixty. 161. Geez. He has taken a lot of shots this year. He has gotten a pretty good sample size here to show yeah. what he is as a shooter. I think there's everyone, some
1: lineups where he's he's the dude, yeah.
0: Everyone watching will agree that when you watch you watch the the improvement for him as a shooter, it's there, and I truly do believe that he will be a good shooter in the league here at some point. I would say that of everyone on the team, if we were taking everyone on the team and ranking them by the overall caliber of defender they are, when prioritizing, like we're going to switch everything tonight. Mm-hmm. Who are the top five guys on the team? Ish is in the top five. He is. He needs to play. That matters.
1: Clippers, but but Lakers. I think but I
0: think if you've got a Kogi and Craig already in your lineup,
1: but can you? I don't know if you need that many though. And especially if no, you are no, shooting. I'm saying, I'm
0: saying the opposite. Like the the guy they're leaving in the corner. They're, They're leaving Ish. They're leaving him. Yeah. Can you play three of those guys?
1: Like at the same time literally or just in the no, rotation? in a rotation. I think so. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. Leaning no. Ish
0: well, and, like Ish and his... Dish has been pretty good this year. He's been good with one to two dribble drive decisions.
1: That's an, an edge over Shamit for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Warren, I, I if have my Warren is if Warren's sitting in the corner, like I don't know if he's in the rhythm enough. I have my answer. Yeah,
0: redundant with Terrence Ross, but I just got to go with the guy that I would trust the
1: most, Damian Lee. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand why Damian Lee is not getting more minutes when you have. I mean, I know Shamit can run point. But if you want a shooter, <laughs> again, well, it's just shooting with you defense want... that gets picked on, even though he tries really hard to understand what's
0: going on. That's him and Terrence Ross are yeah. nearly identical in that point. But Terrence is a much more flamethrower shooter. But I think Damien's a super smart player who makes heady plays all the time.
1: Remember, he was the game winner guy in game one of this season. That was a long time ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we, went, we were two months into the year and talking about how much of a steal he was, and that kind of faded just because the, so many different guys have stepped up on this team he, leading to this discussion. Damon Lee's my guy. Who's your guy? Like, depending on the night, you might throw him in there, you might not. I think I would go ish. We both are leaving Tony Buckets off. That is yeah. going to be. Uh, I just don't know. I don't know.
1: I He's can't. looked good. I just got it. I really would have loved a full season of seeing it. I think he has it if he can hit open jumpers. But even last night, there was a weird, I forgot what quarter it was, end of play where it was like corner hit, he was on the wing, it got swung to him, and for some reason, he just passed to Book. And Book had it like, it was a fine shot, but it was a little contested. And it's just like, why didn't you shoot that? That was weird. And I know that's like one play, but I I just still don't know where he's at. As far as being anything close to, like, you need to shoot if you're out here, if you get shots. You need to find yourself in this offense. I'm not even talking about the defense. I think he's not been worry worrisome lately.
0: He's just moving slower compared yeah. to how we saw him three years ago, and guess what? Like, serious, serious foot injuries will unfortunately do that. Years off, yeah. And years off, I think maybe by next year, like, he'll start to look like himself physically a little bit more, but... Yeah that me and you and a lot of people listening have seen to- Tony buckets TJ Warren play 25300 NBA games at this point like we know what it looks like when he moves on the floor and it's just a step slower than we're used to which a little bit of age a little bit of but a lot of the injury and i think that if he was just the same speed he was before defensively i'd feel a little bit better about it cuz i agree with you on defense he hasn't been a red flag he's just been like passable yeah okay that's where i land I we, we agree and I agree it's weird. There's been so much discussion about the rotation this year. Yeah. Compared to the last two years, where the rotation mattered a lot more two years
1: ago than it does this year. Do you I'll ask you this. Do you feel good about I guess when you look overall collection of role players now compared to when they made the KD deal? Do you feel like it's more confident or less confident than like the Who, night? Who's a role player? Everyone, not the big four. So, Mikel is included in the big
0: four before the Durant trade.
1: I mean, like, right after... Oh, you're saying... Like, w- the night, the night after I the trade. How I feel two months later yeah, about the depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I feel the same. Yeah. Don't feel any better or worse. Ross has been more or less what I expected. Um, I would say that... I think that I might have expected-ish to have, like, a... Bigger role. Not a bigger role, but just a couple more impactful games that went beyond. There was a zero point game. He had somewhere in, in there uh, a couple weeks ago where he was awesome. Yeah. But at some point that does have to lead to production. Um, So that's kind of where I lean. I think backup center has been great for the most part. I know that it's going to have its limitations once we get in the playoffs, obviously, but yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. Um, I, I feel, I feel the
1: same. Do you feel the same? I think I feel with me there. better. I think, okay. Just because, like, Craig's gotten better. A Kogi is. That's probably the most important one not, to say. He is not disappointed two, yeah. when he was like, oh, this guy needs to take Mikel's minutes, and he's been pretty good. Um, campaign has not played badly. And then, yeah, Terrence Ross has done Terrence Ross expected stuff. TJ Warren, as good as you could expect, considering how little he's played the last few years. Backup centers haven't really gone up or down for me. So, yeah, I mean, I think my blind spots are just seeing it over and over again against the same team when you have matchups that are different types. And that's why next week when we do this, will we know who they're playing? Probably. Man said, I'm good at transitions, and look at that. Oh, Look at him go. I don't know when we're recording next. I don't know. You run my schedule and here. Matt Jackson
0: over here. There's a wrestling reference that 27 <laughs> people that listen to this podcast <laughs> yeah, will understand. I'm sorry. Young I'm Bucks sure it was Bay, very good. Best I'm sure it was very good. Planet. I wrote a story on ArizonaSports.com looking at the four teams that could land number five. Folks, that is the Golden State Warriors, the LA Clippers, the LA Lakers, and the New Orleans Pelicans. And I looked at three categories. I did current form which was looking okay since the trade deadline, since their rotations have been set, since they've gotten over whatever they had to get over in the first couple months of the season. Uh, Any players sticking out right now, anyone catching form fire, whatever you want to call it defensive personnel. Something I've talked about a bunch on here. Do you have the bodies to guard this team individually? You just need that. If you don't have that in one of these series, you're just, you're pretty cooked like Dallas. Like I worry about, External forces with this matchup <laughs> and how it just seems like to be cursed for them, but they don't have the bodies. They they would be cooked. And then third, continuity and experience, mainly focusing on continuity just because there's a big edge there to be had. But at the same time, you do have, like I said, Aiden, Booker Paul. They've been together for a while with Monty. They've seen a lot already. But Durant is just here. Akogi it'll be his first postseason we'll see Uh, I looked at all these teams and the conclusion that I came to and maybe it's because of the way I did the exercise I don't really rank any of these four teams super highly over each other or lower than each other I didn't look at any of these four teams and say "Ooh, that's the team I would want to play if I was the Suns." or man I would if you could find a way to avoid them I would avoid them I didn't feel that way. And yes, including the Warriors, including the Clippers, including, I mean, whoever, like the Pelicans, I guess, if you feel poorly about them. But have you seen Brandon Ingram play in the last three weeks, man? Like he's, it's 37 and eight right now. Like He's carrying them as a superstar, like doing a superstar thing right now for three weeks. It's pretty remarkable. Like that's become his team now. Like it's even when Zion comes back, I think that's Brandon Ingram's team now. That's what's happening over there. The Lakers, Anthony Davis, if we were looking at current form right now of players in the Western Conference, I think that he's probably been the best player over the last two months in the West. Probably. I feel pretty confident in saying that, at least in the last like six weeks. I know Booker's played really, really, really well as well, but that's where he's at. Do you agree with me or disagree? Because I, uh, I could see people going either way when they read it.
1: I disagree a little bit on the Clippers and just... From uh, what we've seen this year standpoint, it's been two years since they were like that really good team. They really pushed the Suns. But like, what do you disagree on, to be clear? Oh, they're they're the ones you want to play.
0: Okay, I Suns. had so I had
1: them fourth still. So I, yeah. I ranked them last. Yeah. But
0: you're saying that there's a big gap. I there. think like there's you a relatively
1: big gap because the other three teams I think have legitimate. Like, oh, you I'd, could lose that series. You would be the favorites in those series, but there are. Lose. I wouldn't be surprised if problems. you lose to any of those. I would be surprised if they lost to the Clippers. But there's the asterisk about like if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both play and look fine, then suddenly they're right there, right? So that's like a. That's an unknown. I don't think we're. I don't. It doesn't sound good about Paul George, unless you know an update. Nope. About like more optimism about him coming back and being ready right away for this upcoming first round. It does um, not
0: feel like the developments that we normally see for a guy being ready in a week and a half are happening right now. Then again, they could be keeping that hush hush. Then again, we had to deal with this when Kawhi was out. We had to deal with it when Zion was out. Like,
1: well, like know. who's in the rotation that like. Nick Button, love the guy. He's carved out like the second like phase of his Who is career. their
0: third best player, is what you're saying. When they're fully <sighs> healthy, even I don't
1: know. They've had a weird season. Zubac is like a really good player, but he's not like the third best dude who's gonna be like, I will get I'll take over for Paul George not being here guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where you would have liked a
0: little bit of that Reggie Jackson, but it obviously didn't work out there this year. Bones Highland is in the mix now. My friend, they've had a very strange season. Uh, When I was looking at current form, all this different kind of stuff, man, the volatility with them specifically really stood out and, and it is primarily why I was looking at them and ranking them a little bit lower. The stat that I had in the story was that in 2023, so once it turned January 1st, they are ninth in offensive rating. Pretty great. You're looking at me puzzled because you're like, wait a minute. Aren't they tied for 20th in offensive rating right now? They are. They were 28th in offensive rating over the first 38 games they played of the year. 28th, the third worst in the league. Defensively, they're 14th in March after being in the bottom third for January and February this team is as we have come to know it is more about defense than offense so them figuring it out on offense has been good but their defense hasn't been there and their defense had like an abysmal January February specifically with a losing version of what we were talking about with the Suns where like they're just totally disorganized they're just blowing all these assignments and who is this team are they even going to make the play in anymore there was like a three week stretch where it's the Clippers weird
1: they're, it's weird they're flipping it with Russ too in there that's like the weirdest part of it like competent at least I'm not saying complete flip but like that team should not be bad at defense how they're constructed who their coaches. No, is not at all westbrook's been good 15 5 8 and
0: 4 the four being turnovers uh but he's shooting 48 percent from the field efficiency has been a big problem for him it seems like he's done the houston rockets transition from four years ago where he started to his career started to decline, and then he was like, okay, I'll literally just shoot at the rim. That's it. That's all I'll do. If you're giving me the 15-footer or three, I won't take it. He takes it every now and then. He's been fine. Uh, I would want to see them if I was the Suns for a couple of different reasons, one being him. There's your pigeon. The most obvious pigeon out of any four of these teams, it's him. The guy that they would pick on the most defensively, Westbrook, physical freak, Uh, ADD off the ball. I don't know what it is, but he just disconnects crazy and then when he gets put in actions it's just it doesn't really go well for him the continuing experience part is where I want to treat them as more of a threat because they have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and a lot of guys who are veterans as a veteran heavy team but the thing I wrote and the thing that you were just talking about like who's their best five <laughs> yeah. so like it's Paul George Kawhi Leonard Terrence Mann I think Terrence Mann not their third best player but probably like the most malleable to use the word i guess like useful
1: player they have yeah offensively still has not who
0: are the next two guys norman powell
1: yeah i I and and roco
0: when they go small but
1: lots of limited guys which looked good on paper next to their two stars but again hard to hard to like shape them Offensively, when it's like okay, they're just going to do defensive schemes and mess you up in a in a seven round series. But like even the Western Conference Finals, it's like we're just going to run posts for Marcus Morris because we have this matchup, not the most efficient offense, and that's just what you have to deal with with them if you're their coach. A lot like, of half court offense, and he they, can't do much about it. They ain't good at that.
0: I was close to being boring, Kevin, and your editor brain would have freaked out if I had a three-way tie for first. But I almost—I mm-hmm. really almost did that. Uh, <laughs> I think New Orleans is legit. Yeah, I just—I it, it goes back to the conversations we had six weeks, eight weeks into the year, where it looked like they might win the West. Bad matchups um, now. But speaking of matchups, the stylistic thing where what Monty did is he did he did this. I can't get the noise that good, but that's Battering my fist, ram. and it's just. They both run the same stuff. And DeAndre said it himself. It's like, I know you're going there. You know, I know you're going there and we're going to make contact. And it's just this whole not even it's not chess or checkers. It's just battering rams, like you said. And that can lead to some just anyone can win this game kind of situations like it can just kind of lead to that type of stuff. And if you look at their team, the step that Ingram has taken this year, Trey Murphy has had a huge like three months and he looks like he could be the fit like if if Zion's out that it looks like that's fine yeah. for them yeah. and i part of what i wrote in here that you looked at was if Zion's out like i don't know, i don't know if that's such a huge deal for them because of how one good murphy has been and then two Zion would turn into the pigeon on defense murphy came into the league known for his defense and would at least give you more length and someone else to throw on booker or uh durant but the example i used in here C.J. McCollum's going to have to guard someone and he probably is going to guard Chris Paul, but then again they could have Herb Jones still stay on Chris Paul and then they could have Ingram on Durant and then Murphy on Booker. There's some stuff that they could do there. Continuity experience is the part where I mentioned just I throw it out the window because of how the battering ram thing. I think yeah. that really we watch those six games man. I think that it really does matter. I would pick them to beat the Pelicans, but on a confidence scale, it would probably be the least confident I would feel out of these four teams. And maybe that was the better way to think about the exercise before <laughs> doing it instead of just matchup based. But I, I don't know. That's how I feel. Matt, what have you made of the warrior season? And again, <clears throat> you're shaking your head already. And, and in, in reference to how they match up as a threat to the Suns, Andrew Wiggins back around the team. It's he was there yeah. today. He was there yesterday. got a big standing ovation. I from the crowd. Awesome. Awesome. Just... Getting back in it shape. It was reported why he though. was away, which why was that reported? Let the man... Because ha- there was a worse rumor out there. That's why. Oh, is that why? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. Then if that's the case and it was on their own volition, then that's okay. But if it was not on their own volition, I don't know. screw that. There was cause. a ru- worse rumor out there. Okay. We hope he's all good. Definitely. Seems like he's good. Seems like he's going to be back next week. Uh, be back for the playoffs.
1: Um, yeah, that matchup got weird after this trade, right? It
0: did, but what do you think about the year that they've had and where they're at? Because this is not last year. Last year was a similar thing to this, but it kind of got solved in the last six weeks.
1: I hate when betting bros are just like, oh, I'm betting on this team, road, home, whatever. But like, you know, if you have an 82-game season and it says, oh, that team's definitely going to lose on the road just on what's happened, then like, I believe it. There's something weird with them going on and i i don't like talking about that kind of crap but their road record is so bad yeah i don't know um that bench hasn't come together enough 9 and 30 on the
0: road pistons are 7 and 32 on the road the pistons are 16 and 62 over the last 2 months the short sample i've been looking at 2 and 12 on the road like there hasn't been like a, oh, not, okay they no. went like 5 and 9 and kind of won some games and no Nothing. They got two more on the road here to go as well. I
1: They've got issues because I think just overall Clay has kind of gotten more in tune with things as the season has gone on. What are Jordan Poole's numbers? He's not the same like flamethrower. Oh, I'm just going to replace Clay Thompson as last year. Aaron last
0: name unknown. No, it's Aaron Edwards. Aaron Edwards, but he just goes by Aaron on Twitter. Had a great tweet where Jordan Poole is either the best basketball player on the planet or just a dude. Some version of that. And it's just nothing in between. You either get Michael Jordan or Scott Skiles. Yeah. I don't know. That's who came to mind. Don't disrespect Scott Skiles. That was a horrible comp, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just don't... Like, if you even look at the Suns' bench, which got decimated by a trade, when you look at just who's where, they have a better bench than them. I, I don't... I don't know. How do you defend them? Basically, you put a Kogi on Steph, yep. right? And then you figure it out. Like I'm not worried about what happens from there, right? Matchup wise, if you're the Suns, KD gets to go on Draymond and recover everywhere. Yeah. Free safety Ed Reed, go for it, my good sir. Ronnie take Clay. Yep. I'm not. Yeah, they they don't really scare me from a matchup perspective at all.
0: Actually. Durant would take Wiggins. That's disrespect to Wiggins. He's yeah. a really good offensive player at this point in his career, but you can hide Chris on Draymond. But they're yeah. gonna attack Chris over and over again. That's gonna be their game plan, but I I'm shaking my head. Here's where I come back to them and yeah. why I think they're the biggest threat still. Defensive personnel. They have they score the best here. Andrew Wiggins. If he's we, he hasn't been around, folks, but yeah. remember last year. He was our
1: second best player on a team that won a championship. He was tremendous. Some people would have said he might have been, fight. he was better than the two Boston wings. We'll say that. You could go there, man. The Dallas series, especially, he was just a
0: chaos agent. Like he was just, that poster dunk that he had, my goodness. It was like, there's the guy. We've been that's, waiting. That's him. That, there he is. That's the number one overall pick right there. Draymond Green. If you haven't been keeping tabs. Great podcast. I don't know if he's going to make all defenses here. I've been keeping an eye on like that discussion specifically, but still like you can see him in games. He can still do the Draymond like I'm one <laughs> of the best
1: defenders that's ever played this game. What? I forgot and, what game it was where you just said, "You know, we weren't playing very well, so I, I had to do my thing and just basically said, I lifted everyone up." He says <laughs> this on his podcast and he's like, "I lifted Steph up." And then once Steph was up, then he takes over because that's his (laughs) job. But my job was to lift Steph. Excellent sound. Anyway, he's the best. I'm so glad he has a podcast.
0: (laughs) Those two on Duran and Booker alone and changing them too, and changing them on all three of those guys. Those two guys can can defend in sequence in in stretches, I should say, not like the whole game, but you can use them on all three. Like Wiggins was on Chris primarily. Draymond then would be on Chris sometimes. Who takes KD? Wiggins, I think, but maybe that's a, that's Draymond. Then they got that GP two fell off the bench. That's a big addition. That's big in in part of this. Is Kuminga ready for any of these assignments? No. But can he be thrown out there for eight minutes to be annoying and just make sure Chris Paul has zero rest the entire game when he's on the floor and picks him up full court? Yes, he can do that. And he's done that in the meetings (laughs) leading ahead. That trade went through finally. Okay. I think GP2 is the type of guard defender that Booker just puts in the post and works him there anyway. But at least GP2 on Chris for sure. Like Chris is going to, when Chris is on the floor, he's going to be dealing with either Wiggins or Draymond who can make all defense any year they want to. Or Gary Payton, who if he was a starter playing 30 minutes, he would make an all-defense team. Or Kuminga, who has the athletic tools to be all-defense. Like it's, it's Chris is going to have that type of guy on the whole series. So I have concerns there? Yeah. And then the other place that I have concerns... Game four. 92-87 Suns. There's four and a half minutes left. They're about to go up 3-1 and go back home against a team that's terrible on the road. Series is there. like It's it's there for the taking right there in those four and a half minutes. Even with their struggles, I have zeroed out of my mind that the Warriors, with their cohesion, continuity, and how much they know each other, remember, Wiggins was on that team last year. Looney's been there since 2018. Like It's not just the three guys. Like They have a lot of chemistry built up with the, those other guys. They are going to know exactly what they want to do. They are going to execute at a 10 out of 10 level. That is going to happen. The Suns have the better team but can they match or even out execute a team like this when a series is on the line? Yeah because that's like and there are going to be two or three moments if they play in a series. There's going to be two or three moments where it's going to be a three minute stretch in the fourth quarter and most likely the Warriors are going to be on their P's and Q's tremendously. Can the Suns do that? I would have said yes without even thinking about it. This wouldn't even been a discussion last year, two years ago. But the continuity, 10 games with KD, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't think that matters against the Lakers. I don't think that matters against the Pelicans, the Clippers. But against the Warriors championship pedigree, with the top three dynasty in the history of the sport, yeah,
1: matters. Even when you go back to the finals run against the Bucks, there was like so many moments where the execution was just not there. And it was more... And this is mostly offense but it was more just book okay I'm gonna I'm gonna try to win this because our, we just need something right now and I feel like when you're in those moments where the walls are closing in against you in the playoffs um I'm gonna be super curious how he operates with KD because like KD can do that. KD has done that more, I think, just from experience in many more series than Book, where he's, like, had to. Um, what do you mean? I got this? Yeah. Like, for those four
0: minutes, execution doesn't matter because Kevin Durant's on the floor? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, Book can do it, but I don't think Book knows when to do it, is what I'm saying. I think he, he... hasn't. He's I not think, had, had I, to do that. I think he does. Yeah. I think Kevin Durant is
0: like top five all time in the league at doing that Right, and and sometimes you can be a good player like yeah Kobe, LeBron, him (laughs) at least in the last 25 years it's those three guys leaps and bounds above everyone else like I don't
1: just when nothing's going right dude who can take you over the top is Kevin Durant, Devin Booker maybe for those who haven't seen Kevin
0: Durant do it Kobe game six last playoff game against the Suns in Phoenix that thing that he did That's what Kevin Durant can do. He can do that. You know who uh, is probably not going to be the matchup where I'm probably not going in round one? Lakers. New Orleans. Uh, Basketball reference has them at a 6% chance to have the fifth seed after they lost last night. The Lakers, uh, they don't know after that. Lakers, 27%. Warriors, 28%. (laughs) Clippers, 38%. The Clippers and the Warriors play tonight. If you're listening to this before then, At least check the score on that one because the winner of that will... It'll basically come down to the Warriors and the winner of this game, essentially. Like, it feels like that's almost... That's a pretty good bet. That will go from pretty much... New Orleans will need everything to fall in their favor now and that's probably not going to happen, which is why the 6% is there. By the way, 22% chance they drop all the way to... Or not, sorry. There's a... They've got them even, like, pre-playing, like, 34% chance to fall to 9 Oh, like if they're their pre-playoff odds right now, they actually have New Orleans at ninth being the most likely, which is interesting. Lakers. Yeah. Who do you think it's going to be? It's just a random guess like this. There's no way to like actually articulate. You just told me the same. odds. Clippers I then. <laughs> <laughs> I will take. I'll, I'll take, take what the, Clippers, the computer sir. says. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I think it'll be Golden State. I think the basketball gods you have decided. Won. Yeah. This was what I wanted, is what the basketball gods should want. I know Suns fans <laughs> listening are mad at me right now because they don't want to see the Warriors. But if we go through this Suns run, this Chris Paul, even the Devin Booker, and we Let's rephrase if we go through the Steph Golden State era and we don't get the Suns matchup in the playoffs with these teams, like two, two, we're two straight years now, we don't get it this year, we don't get it next year, like we just don't get it, I'm going to be mad.
1: We upset. The money want LeBron though. LeBron KD, you can have it. We'll make up for the last five years. Hope the kid doesn't have any like Sunday afternoon plans. If that's the
0: case, because they'll just be <laughs> matinee. Yeah, in that ABC prime spot for at least two of those games, maybe three of those yeah. games. Honestly, it'd be good for their for me for days off because if they play the Warriors or the Lakers, they'll be. They'll be taking a day or two between games for sure. Because remember that? The Dallas series, every other day they were playing, and we looked at the oh. Warriors over there, and we were like, they haven't played yet? It's been three <laughs> days. And so, uh-huh. Well, they want to put them on TV. That's how it goes. But, hey, Suns fans, if you're here and then you're like, well, that, that's not fair. You have Kevin Durant now, so that might happen to your team. Might. All right, everyone. We'll be back next week when we will know. Kellen Olson's destination for a week, two weeks from now, and we will know who, more importantly, that you care about, who the Suns play. <laughs> and watch we'll Andor on that flight.
1: Watch Andor on that flight.
0: No, I don't want to. I told you, I don't want to watch it on the flight because I'm watching it on a tiny little screen. I diluted. I'm saving it for like hotel view. Oh, sorry. Like when, when I've gone out and seen the world, seen the sights and all that, and I'm trying to relax in the hotel room before a long day of basketball. I'll get in with whatever his name is. The lead dude from Rogue One. i already forgotten what his name is. Congratulations, Mr. Luna. Is that who Diego it is? Diego Luna. That's right? who it is. Yeah. He's in The Last of Us. That's how I know who he is. All right. Bye, everyone.